good evening and welcome to another edition of Football Bloody Hell. On the show tonight, we've got Mr. Ricky Hyatt. I feel my body in two different places. I'm still playing for both teams. Gav Cheatham. I was born with two faces. I feel the smoke climbing down my cheeks. I hear the jokes and I smell the punchlines. And Mr. Tom Bailey. It's too dark, my bed's on the phone line. I got a feeling that I can't let go. I got a feeling that I can't let go. I got so settle down. And let's hear what the boys have got to say this week. Welcome back to another edition of Any Takers. <laughs> You're going to have to do it. Oh, there you go. Right. Football. Bloody hell. <laughs> this is a different one this week. Uh, Mr. Hopper is here. However, with uh, some internet issues, we have taken over the mantle. We've taken over the show, if you will. Um, so it is myself, Tom Bailey, and I've got two wonderful guests with me today. Uh, one, well, we've got one guest who has not been on for a while, but it's wonderful to have him back. We've got Mr. Gav Cheatham. So welcome back, Gav. Hi, Tom. Good to be back. Brilliant nice, to have um, you back as well. Nice to have not IT issues myself for a change. Yeah, I think the one I listened to, you had dodgy internet, so it's... it's yeah, Norman Collier for the older listeners. <laughs> and, uh, of course, as ever, joined by Mr. Rick Hyatt as well. Hello, mate. How you doing? As uh, good as ever, considering oh, last good. night's results, which uh, we will touch on that one in a moment. Um, obviously, we had Mr. Hellier on on Monday. It was great to hear what he thought. Um Obviously, with Mr. Hellier being on, um, we didn't get to talk too much about uh, the weekend's fixture and uh, sort of the general footballing side of things with uh, him giving his, his wonderful insight into the club itself. So we will touch on Gateshead quickly uh, before also touching on things like Torquay from last night. Um, obviously, myself and Rick were commentating for that one. And uh, Gav, I believe you said you were actually there in the crowd, correct? Yes, I was. Yeah, yeah. I was in what the uh, screw fit stand with my normal season ticket with my family. What were what were your thoughts? Consider well, I know Rick's thoughts because we were both commentating that one. So, what were your your thoughts on the game itself? Obviously, a, a three two win for Yeovil in that tie. Yeah, well, I um, I thought it was going to be a lot more of a test from the Gateshead side than um than I thought on paper because they were like riding high and I know. They lost their management team to MK Dons. They were still uh, in the uh, up and around the playoffs. But I mean, we got off to a great start, didn't we? With uh, well, what did you say on commentary? Was it Reese Murphy's, or did it look like a, the big left telescopic leg of their number eighteen seemed to divert it in? But all the press association give it to Reese Murphy, didn't they? For the goal, so it was a great start. But then um, I think after that, I think we're even the most. Um, Biased of Yeovil fans would say that Gates had dominated possession for the next 20 minutes or so, probably up until um, we got our second goal, which was a fine move with uh, Reese Murphy playing in Jordan Stevens. It was one of them ones, wasn't it? We think because he got too much time to think about it, but he didn't panic and he played it across the keeper and 2 0. And then um, after that, it was pretty even Stevens, excuse the pun, until <laughs> half time. And uh, Gates had did have some possession, but it didn't really hurt us. Joe Day done his customary couple of uh, decent saves, but um, and when uh, we got the third, which I thought was great play by um, Reese Murphy initially to poke it off the toe of the defender, and then he Jordan Stevens had a shot, and then Reese was already, you know, on Johnny on the spot, wasn't he? He was already in, and he tucked it away for free. And although they did get two back through the penalty and a fortuitous deflection that come back off the bar to get it back to three two. I never. I thought even during what was it, something like six, seven minutes of injury time. I thought we um pretty much controlled it, and most of injury time was spent without much alarm, and we were in their final third rather than a sort of like all hands to the pump defending our like six yard box. So uh, all in all, I was um pleased, and obviously it's a never scalp. We are notorious for it in the FA Cup, and um 
through to the next round. So uh, all in all, Saturday was a good day. It was. And uh, Rick, as as Gav mentions, the next round, of course, we're away to Wrexham. Uh, you weren't on on Monday, so we didn't get to hear your thoughts. What are your, your thoughts about uh, the trip to Hollywood, if you will? Uh, do you think there could be a, a shock on the cards or do you reckon it's going to be a bigger challenge than, than people are making it out to be? It is going to be a challenge, isn't it? And then, but the way Yeovil are playing at the moment, you know, it's not one that they are not going to be uh, not going to be up for because I think a lot of people took it for granted that Gate that we're going to beat Gateshead because of the way the team's been playing and and what have you. But they looked a different different class to Gateshead. Gateshead were a bit underwhelming. So as far as the the game against Hollywood, I had, I had a word with Brian this morning. And uh, he's very did confident. <laughs> I did indeed. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I, I don't know. They're going to be the favourites, obviously. And it's bound, looking at the the draw, the draw's not, there's no other games that are jumping out at you. So I'd be amazed if it's not on telly somewhere. It's certainly be on whether or not they change it for the American audience for telly or whether it's going to be one of the big ones featured over here. I'd be surprised if it's not. And certainly at the very least, We'll be on Netflix or Disney. It's Disney, isn't it? That no one's on. So we'll be on that sooner or later in about 12 months' time. But I, I think there's every chance. I think it might even go to what be one of those ones that goes to. We get the first goal, which has been the trend just lately. Then I can see us at least getting a, a replay out of it. And that'd be huge. I mean, bringing Hollywood to Yeovil. It's, uh, I know we played them last season here, but it wasn't quite the same level of hype around it then. So it, it would be huge if a, a replay was, when is it replay stop? Is it around two or three? I think no it's a bit idea. later than that. I think it's like, is it the fifth and sixth round? Like they don't have any uh, replays from, from now. So uh, I think yeah. obviously definitely the second and the third round proper. I think we will still have replays. Well, I look forward to, well, Hopefully we get it done in one, but if not, a replay and uh, another game at home would be uh, brilliant for, well, certainly for the club. Um, something else that's also been great for the club is uh, the game from last night, Torquay versus Yeovil. Um, I was there for that one as well. You're going to have to do this one, aren't you? You're going to have to talk us through this one because <laughs> you were the only one, only one that was there. Any, anyone balancing hosting duties, perhaps, asking me questions? Um, it was, well, I mean, Yeovil, again, were brilliant. Torquay were somewhat underwhelming. Um, they were underwhelming, but not in a way that I was like, wow, they're rubbish. Yeovil were just that good that they didn't really threaten at all. Um, Asa Hall, when he did come on, was brilliant. Um as soon as he came on, made an assist, got them, got them back into the game. But other than that, Yeovil didn't really come under much pressure at all. I mean, Sonny Blue Loveton finally getting his first league goal for us this year, and and a great strike it was as well, low driven. Tapping, um, wasn't it? Sorry, it was a tapping, wasn't it? <laughs> From twenty five yards, it was a, yeah, it was a pretty, it was a strong tapping. Yeah. <laughs> um. And just, and it was great to see Jake Hyde come on and get his goal as well. Really, really good header from him as well. Um, great movement. So, again, there was no real bad performance at all. Michael Smith, as ever, um, being the greatest player that he is, um, had another brilliant performance at fullback. Um, it's not really... I suppose if you had to be super critical, Worthington wasn't brilliant, but he had that leadership still, so he still got that out of him. Um, but, yeah, there's not really... And you said... I heard you in sign commentary, Tom. You said Sonny Cox. He was was he played a bit out of position? Was he played on the left of the front? That I heard Mark Cooper pre-match saying that um, he's played there for Exeter, if not for us, in his uh, fledgling Yeovil loan spell. So um, he had a bit of a quieter game, didn't he? Than he has done in previous outings. Yeah, he, when he was getting on the ball, he was good. Um, nearly set up Murphy the great chance, but um, the talky defence just. Well, cut it out well enough, I suppose. But um, yeah, he wasn't. He didn't set the world on fire, but when he was on the ball, he he did well. So I, I'm still encouraged, and it's certainly another good option to have as a, a wide player. The only worry we've got now is um, Alex Whittle got booked, so he he's actually available for Dover, but he misses Farnborough on Tuesday. In that um, crazy role in the National League, so it's, it's not really the next bizarre. game. It's seven days after the offence, isn't it? 
yes. we can play Saturday but not next Tuesday. It's really bizarre. I suppose it gives um it gives Cooper seven days to figure out what he's going to do with left back because I mean there's Josh Hours or maybe Will Dawes. There's no real left back option. No natural is that? left back is there? No, I've heard that Jake Bonnell can play left back, but I think we'd be silly to move that mm. partnership away. You don't want to break that Morgan Williams and Bonnell up, do you? No, because they're doing I, so well at the moment. I think Michael Smith is is talented enough to play left back as well, but I you would say think... that Tom. <laughs> <laughs> He's well. He is. He's brilliant. What can I say? I, there was a. He nearly scored last night, and I nearly exploded. Yeah. So <laughs> we've got to be thankful he's not scored just yet. But uh... my eardrums exploded last night. You and Sai describing the three goals. I think uh, <laughs> we need to have a hearing test. I mean, we're now we're now ten points ahead of Torquay with a game in hand as well, and we're three points clear with a game in hand as well. So it's it's all looking rosy at the top of the moment, and, and long may it continue. Yeah. Um, Averley have sneaked out, don't they? They won on Saturday when we were in cup action. They also won Monday, so uh, yeah. we were only uh, ahead. We were only top on goals scored, weren't we? Ahead of last night. So um, Averley, after we saw, we didn't really knock the um, confidence out of him in that first half performance um, at the start of October, but uh, they've um, come good again since losing to us. Yeah, they've warmed back up now. Um, well, obviously after last night. With that brilliant performance, we now lead into the Saturday fixture. The The run continues. Hopefully 13 in a row, we can say on Saturday. It would be myself and uh, Dave Pryor for that one. Um, so do join us on Saturday uh, for coverage of that one. Uh, and we're obviously hosting Dover Athletic, who uh, did come back for a two-wall draw last night against Welling. Um, another That's a relegation battle at the moment there. I've just seen Dover actually 23rd at the moment. Um I don't want to jinx anything, but typically this means Yeovil will lose um, in, in Yeovil fashion. But Dover look like they're struggling a lot at the moment. So we'll get some... Just the one win, isn't it, Tom? Just, it is. Uh, yeah, one, one win. Maximum so far. So uh, they are there for the taking. But like you say, but we don't do old Yeovil things anymore. This is new Yeovil. Optimism. Optimism. Let's get some predictions in before we look at the uh, weekend fixtures. Because, of course, we've got all of that to cover as well so uh well i assume you'll be there gav in uh in the stand again i won't actually i'm uh off to london oh but um not madonna's not come back i haven't um, <laughs> arranged to meet see madonna again but i am we're chaperoning our uh, in-laws they're off to uh london so uh me and the wife are doing good son and son-in-law and daughter duty so we're going out to london so i will actually won't be there i will be there for tuesday farnborough when we hopefully make it 14 in a row Fingers crossed. But, um, do you want my prediction then for Saturday? Yes, yes. So, and I, I hope so I'm going to go. I'm going to go two nil Yeovil. Rick, what are your what are your thoughts? Obviously, top of the table versus nearly bottom of the table. It's a classic one where the wheels fall off, isn't it? But as Gav said, this is new Yeovil, so it might be an opportunity actually to try somebody else out at left back if you're going to rather than chuck someone straight into the, the farmer again, give them a run out of left back in what should be a, be an easier easier fixture. But uh, assuming that, that Hilda's sobered up from uh, Harry's party, you're, you're, on, you're on comms with him, aren't you? Yep. Uh, so I, I reckon it's, it's going to be uh, Hilda Pryor. Goals, goals, goals. <laughs> uh, at least three. Uh, Michael Smith will score and you will explode. Yes. And you won't hear from me again. It'll be brilliant. I'm just just one more point on yesterday. Did you, I you and Sai said in commentary, didn't Frank Noble pull up towards the end and thought he did he, worse, he, but then it was, but then he was managed to continue, didn't he, after treatment for the uh, closing stages? Yeah, yeah. I reckon, considering that Hyde scored as well, I wouldn't be surprised if Nuble was either benched or at least came off after sixty because Hyde. I was going to suggest that. Really yeah. Hyde, yeah. Hyde after three goals at the last four, I think, coming off the bench yeah. with um, merit a start. And maybe if Frank did have a bit of tightness, um, then maybe bring him on for half an hour, like like they've been doing with the wide men. Jordan, isn't that yeah, a contrast to what we've had before? You know, all of a sudden we've got a whole bunch of strikers. Alex Fisher back in the, back in the frame as well. He might get a start against a team that are lower down the table, right? Mr. So, and we can rest rest people. Reese Murphy got a rest the other week, didn't he? Mm, he yeah. When when Sonny Cox did so, and it's a nice nice position to be in, and it is 
such a contrast to uh, to the situation we were in last last season. Mr. Thayer did some digging last night. Speaking of um, Alex, Fisher. well, he is a gardener. He yes, he is. That's very <laughs> true. Um, there is rumours that he is going to be sent out on loan for some game time. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, <Sci-fi>. no. <laughs> BBC can keep him. Um, no, uh, Alex Fisher may well be out on loan somewhere in the near future just to get some some minutes back into his legs. But um, I mean, we'll that wait and see sense. on that one. That it would make sense. sense. Yeah. Um, but we'll wait and see on that one. Uh, that was a, a Scythe exclusive there. And with that, we shall work our way into the weekend action. Um, we start with the 12.30 kickoff on the Saturday. Uh, it is Wolves hosting uh, Tottenham Hotspur. Um, Spurs being Spurs, Rick, um, had that hammering on Monday um, against Chelsea. Admittedly, the scoreline probably didn't reflect the full picture. Um, but do you think they'll they'll be able to pick themselves back up after two red cards and two injuries? A way to uh, a a Wolves side, you could say, is is on the up. It's funny, isn't it? Adrian's mate, Big Ange, that's Ange Postacoglu to everybody else. He everything he touches turns to gold because Spurs lost four one at home against Chelsea, and yet they come out of it smelling the roses. Everybody's giving them plaudits for the way they were and the way they played, and. Yeah, it seems he's he's got the golden touch at the moment, hasn't he? So I wouldn't surprise me. I mean, they, the wheels just got to come off at some point because it is it is Spurs, and I think a lot of Wolves's uh, prospects for the game depends on Neto's fitness. If he's fit to play, then most of their goals come through him with assists anyway. So it could be a tricky one, but Spurs could have a a third string back four lining up. So, yeah, it could be... I'm going to go for a draw. I reckon it'd be a one-all draw. Gav, uh, well, I say Wolves were in the ascendancy. They did lose um, to Sheffield United at the weekend, registering their their first win of the season in Sheffield. Uh, That's very true, yeah. Um, How do you see this one going, Gav? I think um, Spurs are their way and they've got a couple of suspensions and... um... Injuries. I think they still be have too much in their locker for Wolves. It was a good game. I did enjoy the game Monday against Chelsea. I was impressed with Chelsea, even when it was eleven v eleven. How uh, attacking they were because they've had a very stop-start season under uh, Pochettino. But uh, I, as a neutral, I, I certainly enjoyed that game. There's lots of um, lots of incident, lots of uh, talking points. So uh, yeah, I think. Um, as I said, despite the um, circumstances, I think Spurs will uh, prevail, and I'll go. Uh, I'll go two-one Tottenham. So Hotton and Topsburg are still going to be on top of the division at the end of the day. That's mental. Well, they're second at the moment. That they could be back well, on top. Yeah, uh, for for Briefly. a day or so. Yeah. Um. Until uh, Abu Dhabi play on Sunday, but we'll get to that one in a bit. Uh, what do you that's. Reckon? What do I reckon? Don't um, do the Hilda Pryor where you think that just because there's only three of us here that you get to do about it. You've got the opportunity to be wrong as much what as we do. Can. What do I think? Um, what do? Go on. I'm going to go 3 0 Spurs. Uh, I think they'll be annoyed at um, how Monday went down and they'll be fired up. And it's an opportunity for some of the second string to prove to to big Ange that uh, they can be a part of his plan. So I'm going to go 3-0 Wolves. Uh, sorry, 3-0 Spurs. 3-0 Wolves would be a shock. That would be a shock, yeah. Um, getting the Saturday action underway. Uh, there are three 3 o'clock fixtures. Um, we will start with uh, one of them being Arsenal hosting Burnley. Perhaps the most obvious result to predict um, on the Saturday afternoon. So Gav... Um, I don't really know if there's too much to say here. Obviously, um, Burnley losing again last weekend at home to Palace and Arsenal suffering a loss away to uh, Newcastle. Um, how do you see this one finishing up as you are off in the capital, of course? Yeah, I'm not, I won't be at the uh, I won't be at this game, but um, I still I think Arsenal will be comfortable. I can't see anything other than the comfortable. 
home win really. I just think Arsenal have too much and Burnley though they was it they broke a, an unwanted record, six home defeats in the premiership and no side's ever done when they lost at home last week. And I know that and they're away against one of the uh top teams so I can't um I can't see anything for uh Burnley in this game. I can't even see him scoring so I'm gonna go four 0 Arsenal. Would you agree with that one, Rick? 4-0? Do we do we have anything higher? Or lower even? Bigger, bigger than a four, you say? Uh, <laughs> I think the, the only really interesting thing about this this game is how much of uh, Bellend Mikel Arteta manages to make of himself after his performance against the Saudis last week. And... And it's strange. Again, it's Big Angie's golden touch. Arteta loses his biscuits and goes mental and has an embarrassing rant because VAR goes against him. And Postacoglu comes out and is Mr. Reasonable and everybody's giving him plaudits for... I think he almost did that just to be a contrast to Arteta, who is an absolute buffoon. But I, I think that's right. I mean, you can't... You wouldn't bet against... Arsenal, Arsenal will get every refereeing decision going their way after Lego heads outburst last week. So, yeah, it's going to be four, four or five. Sorry, I love what that. What do you reckon? It's Lego heads description. Um, well, it is. His head doesn't move. <laughs> um, I think I've got to agree with Gav, 4-0. Uh, there's, I can't really add much. Burnley have been pretty woeful and uh, Arsenal will be pretty cheesed off. So, yeah, 4-0 pretty easy i mean the bare minimum i expect is three anything less than that's probably a failure so um there we go on that one that's the the manchester graduate derby if you will um the second three o'clock fixture um or as i like to dub it the last of the match of the day running derby um it is crystal palace hosting everton um everton actually on a good run of form at the moment um in their last five They've only uh, lost the one, which was away to Liverpool, um, picking up wins over Burnley, West Ham, Bournemouth. So, Rick, do you think this is a chance for them to continue a decent run for them? It's got nil-nil written all over this, hasn't it? I don't think you're going to be wrong with your match of the day prediction on this one because Palace are difficult to score against. And Everton, although they... Was it the XGs, one of the highest in the in the division, but they just can't finish couldn't finish the dinner so I, I can I can easily see this one just running out being a nil-nil attritional attritional draw and not very entertaining like you say uh, yeah I'll probably be asleep by the time this one's on the telly Rick, uh, Rick I've just spoken to Rick uh, Gav what are your thoughts um, Palace not a fantastic run of form but of course they don't really ever seem to play badly. They just don't win sometimes. Yeah, they're uh, very middle of the road, aren't they? They um I think I agree with both of you. It will be the last in the running order on Saturday's match of the day. Um I think Palace aren't too bad at home, are they? So I think it could be a a one nil one nil to Palace I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna as much as I don't want to, I'm gonna go the other way around. I'm gonna say it's gonna be a one nil Everton. Um, you do love an Everton success story, don't you? I'm not going to justify that with an answer. <laughs> I uh, I don't want it to be, but I just feel like Palace. Palace are the most thirteenth place club you could possibly find. Yeah. They're um, they're they're well, they're my generation's um, Charlton. My dad always said he hated Charlton because they just existed. That's that's all they did. They never did anything. And he was the same with Everton. They've been up and down, but whatever. But um, yeah, Palace is is for me. It's the, we're going to finish twelfth this year. Um, it was never the same for Charlton when they got rid of Alan Kirby. It all started going downhill then. Yeah, get rid of mediocrity and you um you fall into <laughs> obscurity. Yeah. Um, and now into the. Uh, the perhaps most important game of uh, Eric Ten Hag's career is a, a massive three o'clock kickoff here. It's Manchester United hosting uh, Luton Town. Um, Gav, I'm going to start with you because I want to hear Rick's thoughts in uh, more detail uh, <laughs> in a moment. Um, obviously, Luton coming off of a one or draw with Liverpool, which we don't need to talk about and we'll not mention. Um United coming in on a 1-0 win. Um, 
what are your your general thoughts, Gav, on a a chance for United to get some momentum going or a real chance for an upset here? Well, I wouldn't go as far to say momentum. You know, I don't think they're going to go five or six unbeaten. We've got to be realistic here, haven't we? But um, I think um, I think they still have too much for Luton. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I think they still have too much for Luton at home, though. So. Um, you know, it may be nervous. The natives may get restless, but I can um, I can see United winning. What should I go for on this one? Two one, something like that. I think Luton might score, and there might be a few nerves, but uh, I think United will uh, just have a bit too much to edge it. And now, Mister Mister Rickle, what do we? <laughs> what do we? What do we think? Nervous laugh there, Rick. Yeah, very nervous. I think that um, United have, uh, yeah, it's a bad time to play Luton after they were robbed last last weekend from a thoroughly deserved victory. They're they're going to want to put the record right, aren't they? I mean, they were shockingly mugged in the in the last minutes of that game. So uh, yeah, it's 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 United at Old Trafford, isn't it? So it's going to be one goal in it. You know, I'd probably turn around and win it four or five nil now. A lot of it depends on, on tonight's game. As we record, playing Copenhagen later and uh, that could dictate an awful lot about the atmosphere inside Old Trafford. But you you would hope, wouldn't you, if, if anything's going to turn around uh, that Luton, who are no mugs and are getting progressively better uh, week by week, yeah, I can. I think you know we we might have to call on your mate again, Scott McTominay, to uh, to rescue things. It depends whether Everton has gone through this funny thing where he's he's picking he's almost picking his sides retrospectively. If you've had a good game, he'll he'll pick a team that should have he should have started with the previous week, and then is reluctant to to change things around. So I don't know. I I think it'd be two 0 to United. He's gone for it. He's got. He's gone for the win. He's gone for the win prediction. I've gone for the win. I've gone bold. Don't go bold. We don't want that. You're joined Ten Hag. Yeah, bold is best. And uh, we will look at now the the evening fix. Are you not? You're not going to have a, a mocking three nil to to Luton after I predicted Luton were going to win two nil last last weekend. No, because it nearly happened. So, I... <laughs> um, oh. I think United will win it. I do think Luton will score first, though. There'll be that that moment. It's going to be that that again that Liverpool thing of oh my god, Luton are winning, and then United will actually come back and win it. They'll they'll Brentford all over again. So it's going to be a Scott McTominay game. Then. <laughs> it it could well be. It could well be his chance. Um, worm his way onto the score sheet once again. But um, no, I think it'll be a two one three one United win. Um, as much as I regret to say that, um, but hey, we'll, we'll wait and see. It is a little a little spring in your voice there when you said that. Just the Everton and United winning. This is gonna it's gonna be a lovely day for you, isn't it? I'm just thinking of you over winning twelve in a row. That's all I'm thinking about. Okay. Um, and for the evening kickoff, once again, uh, the Saudi Arabia time slot, um, featuring Saudi Arabia themselves. It is the uh, uh, well. South North Derby, if you will. It's Bournemouth hosting. That's far Newcastle. away. From the, that's probably the furthest away from being a derby in the division, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's the what's the least derby derby. Yeah. Um it is Bournemouth hosting Newcastle. Um, Rick's favorite team outside of Manchester United, of course. Uh he's got Bournemouth. a lot, a lot of favourites. <laughs> he's got Gav. We usually get a review of this after the pod's gone out. Gav's got a bingo card, I think. And he goes, right, well, Rick will mention this, then he will mention this. How are we doing? Is it as it's nice to actually reply to you off the group, Rick, and actually live. <laughs> <laughs> he knows exactly what I'm going to say every time. So, yeah. Well, Newcastle um, coming in on the back of a 2-0 loss away to Dortmund last night. Obviously, I didn't get to watch it as I wasn't at home to watch that. I was instead in Torquay. Very entertaining. It was very entertaining. Was it actually a good game, or was this uh, was this a Newcastle entertaining of of, of walking? Uh, Newcastle tried to be Newcastle. I, had a, I was listening to another podcast earlier in the week, and they 
quite accurate description. Newcastle are very much like Atletico Madrid. Uh, They're very physical and put themselves about. And obviously that uh, ups, upset the, the Lego man last week. But that does seem to be the way they play. And they got hit on the break a couple of times uh, last night. So I can't I can't see that they, if they're going to score goals, I can't see it being on the break against Bournemouth. So, you know, as much as it pains you, or pains me anyway, and I think you're of a similar mind. Not sure what Gav thinks. I'm not sure who Gav... I mean, apart from apart from Liverpool, I'm not sure who Gav's got his agenda against. So hopefully we'll uh, find out during the course of this. But... We don't all have to have agendas, you know, Rick. <laughs> it's what makes it interesting, isn't it? That's what it is. You've got to find a reason. It's not just about supporting... If it makes team. you happy, Rick, then I'm happy. It does. Football Good. is that tribal thing, isn't it? Oh, I yeah. get as much, much joy out of watching Liverpool do badly as I get out of watching United do well sometimes. But you think, though, I always think, like, I'm only happy, I'm more happier that United have lost only if Liverpool have won. Like, your team and your second team got to do their job first. It's no good mock. That's why I never mock if United lose on the Saturday to Luton. I'm I'm not, and Liverpool aren't playing to the Sunday. I'm not going to be giving you pelters because I always, I've done that enough in me, misspent youth. Now I just you're waiting to keep your powder dry until yeah, that's right. Wait until the final whistle and you've done your job as well before you, (laughs) and then you can let them have it with both barrels. But uh, yeah, I've learned, I've had my fingers burnt over the years, even texting joint games. What's your stance on Newcastle then? Because I know that um, Tom's pretty much of a similar mind to myself. I think as far as the filthy oil money coming in, yeah. Well, it's it's like with it's like with um it's like with City, isn't it? It's um. It's a very similar scenario when they've come from like relegation to lower mid-table and now suddenly they find themselves a couple of years later in the Champions League. And um, yeah, I don't, I, I'm like you two really, I don't really agree with it. You know, it should just be a, and like we said, we, we have the banter between United and Liverpool, but they are proper, They're proper, proper football, football clubs. Club, yeah. yeah. So they're run. Yeah. And I know they both, American investment. Obviously, we're a bit happier with ours than you are with yours at present. Which is, uh, obviously, we could have a whole podcast on there, on that. And we have, <laughs> and we have, we have, we have, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, um, uh, yeah. So, but you know, you can't, you can't blame the fans. You know, you know, it's nothing, isn't it? They're going to support their club, whoever owns them, aren't they? So, um, you can't really, um, uh, have a dig at the supporters. But uh, going on to the actual game, I think. Um, Although they're uh, both on the back of defeats, Bournemouth obviously a heavy, uh, heavy defeat at City, of which uh, obviously they're due to a due to a lot of clubs, and uh, they've only tasted victory once, Bournemouth, haven't they? Which was against Burnley a couple of weeks ago. But uh, I think Newcastle, despite travelling, but at least they had the extra day's rest because they played yesterday rather than tonight. I think, um, even though it's the early kickoff, I think they still have too much for. Um, Bournemouth and I think it'll be 2-0 to Newcastle something like that Great prediction from yourself That's what, exactly what I would have thought in, in the, It's the Eddie Howe derby We've Got a derby There you go Oh yeah There's always a derby somewhere Or to give it its proper name The Jason Tyndall derby <laughs> <laughs> Let's get their bill AKA <laughs> Yeah I'm yeah, going to go 2-0 I'm going to go big I'm going to go 4-0 Newcastle Bournemouth. Away from home. Yeah, yeah. Serious in trouble. Seriously in trouble, Bournemouth. Uh, the fact their only win has come against Burnley is quite indicative of where their season has started. Um, I think this could also be Ariola's last game as well, um, as much as it's a tricky opponent. Um, two thumping defeats, I think that could be it to, uh, enough to um, prompt the, the Americans into a, into a change of, of direction. So it's all he was over, Gary wasn't O'Neill's he? For canapes, then. Sorry. It'd be all around to Gary O'Neill's house for canapes on, on Saturday <laughs> evening. Hi, Gary. <laughs> Good to speak to you again. Uh, yeah. So, boy, have I got something for you. Um, well, with that, that's Saturday sorted. There are five on Saturday. There's five on Sunday. Uh, we're actually making good time as well. This is quite shocking. Um, we will start with uh, one of the four two o'clock kickoffs on Sunday uh, with Aston Villa 
hosting Fulham. Um, Rick, how would you see this one? How would you see this one going? Obviously, Villa falling to well, somewhat surprising defeat mm. to um, Nottingham Forest. I don't really think any of us saw that one coming. No, no. I think that um, there'll be a reaction from Villa. They've been in great form. And they are in great form at home. They're putting scoring goals for fun at Villa Park. So I, th- I think, yeah, this could this could be a three 0 jobby to to Aston Villa if I was That's to put easy. my neck on the line, which is the nature of this thing. <laughs> and uh, Gav, again, well, the, the great thing about having uh, having unfamiliar faces on is that we don't get to hear much from Gav. We don't see his insight. What are your general thoughts on the start for Fulham? Obviously, they're 15th at the moment. They are six points away from the drop, but 15th is not a great look for them. Obviously, Villa at the opposite end of the table. So how are your general thoughts on them and and how you see this one going on Sunday? Yeah, I I think Silva's doing an okay job at Fulham. And uh, it was refreshing to see he didn't take the money and go to Saudi to uh, manage over there like... uh, some people have, players and managers alike. But um, I think on this particular game, um, or just from a personal point of view, it's all gone pear-shaped for me since I made uh, Ollie Watkins uh, captain for my uh, fancy Premier League because I thought foolishly that the United defence would put more of a um, well defence up against Haaland in the Manchester derby the other week. So I took Haaland off of a uh, captain like everyone else. <laughs> that had for most of the majority of the season. And I'm trying to work a way to shoehorn Mo Salah in because he's in midfield, I believe, on the Premier League. Anyway, I've gone off on tangent. So, Ollie Watkins, I made him captain because they were at home to Luton and they scored three and he didn't score then. And then uh, I've still got him in my starting eleven, but not the skipper anymore. And then they lost at Forest. But I think uh, Unai Emery's done a good job since he's come in at Villa, took over from Steven Gerrard. So, uh, I can see... Uh, Villa getting back to winning ways and I'm going to go 3-1 to Villa. Goals again. I think I agree. Goals, goals, goals. Um, Fulham are definitely not the side they were last year. Obviously, they've had a couple of big losses. Mitrovic and um, well, Polinia is still there, but I mean, he was probably about an hour and a fax machine away from from leaving. Um yeah, I think it's going to be very tricky for them to get anything out of this one, especially with it being at Villa Park as well. So I'm going to say 3-0 Villa. Um, that was a nice easy one to get through, actually. Uh, next one, we've got uh, Bryson and Hove Albion hosting Sheffield United in the, this could be the biggest scoreline we've seen so far this season, Derby. Um, Rick, uh, Gav, will stay with you. Um Sheffield United finally picking up their first win of the season at the weekend at home to Wolves. Uh, Brighton currently in a pretty patchy run of form. They've had three draws in their last, well, yeah, three draws in their last four league games. Their only win coming against um, an out of sorts Ajax. How do you see this one going? That I've said it could be a big scoreline, but I mean, I'm only going off the table in that sense with uh, the way the form's going. Yeah, um, without turning this into a personal... Um rant against the Premier League managers not picking their side to match my Premier League because uh, I've got João Pedro as my uh, third striker and um, for some reason he started being rotated. He was ever-present at the start of the season and now he's like coming off the bench for 20 minutes here and there. And uh, So I think that's where it's all gone wrong. You know, they should listen to me and um, play him from the start. But even though Sheffield United had a, a good win last week, I think Brighton... Um, I think they'd be too strong. Who are they playing? Um, are they travelling uh, Thursday in the uh, Europa Conference League, Brighton? Or uh, Europa League? Are they, they, are, are they at home? They are away to Ajax. Ah, right. Not too far, though. So that's not too bad of a journey. So, uh, yeah, I think I think that they will be too strong. And I think I'll go 2-0. Uh, my seems to be my favourite score. I'll go 2-0 Brighton. Rick, would you agree with a 2-0? Certainly think Brighton will win. They've been up and down a little bit just lately and they're due one of those performances where they uh, they they cut the cord and they've been creating chances but just not not scoring the goals. So, yeah, I, I can see it being 2-2 two, two or 3-0 and Sheffield United 
they've had they've had their win for the next foreseeable future, so they're going to go back to being whipping boys again. So it wouldn't surprise me if it was about three 0 Do we see um, Sheffield United actually? As much as it sounds like I'm being patronising towards them, but considering the fixture congestion that that teams can face in the Premier League, do you see them actually getting another win before? We'll say New Year because it's starts in November now. We've got one, two, three, four, five. We've got about seven, eight fixtures before um, New Year's. So obviously they've got Brighton on Sunday. They've got Bournemouth, Burnley, um, Liverpool, Brentford, Chelsea, Villa um, and Luton. Oh, and Manchester City. So they've got about nine, ten games. Do, you, do we see any wins coming in any of those fixtures? Well, if, if they're going to win, you would imagine it's going to be in those those next two games, wouldn't you, that they've, they've got Bournemouth and Burnley. So possibly, I mean, they'll probably avoid, I'm not, I don't think that they'll lose every game of that of that run, but I certainly think if they're going to get anything, it's going to come in those those games against Bournemouth and, and Burnley. But I don't think they're going to get an awful lot lot from Brighton because Brighton actually need a confidence boosting win in a funny sort of way because they've been a little bit distracted by European football and that hasn't gone as well as they they thought so I, th- I think that I would be surprised I'd be very surprised if it isn't you know comprehensive for Brighton and, and Sheffield yeah going to be on, on the on the wrong end of it this week I think uh, I will give a 3-0 Brighton I think I'm again in the same camp as you guys. We've all been very um, unanimous in this one, which is quite nice. Uh, Save some de- uh, some debate. Um, yeah, three 0 Brighton confidence. One of those them. weeks is looking at the fixtures where sometimes you look at it and they're really tough to call, and we do get a lot of predictions for draws and things. Whereas these, the way the fixtures have come out this week, it does seem fairly. There's a definite favourite in most of the most of the games. Yeah, there's there's like, been like bright like Brentford coming up in the next one. Yes, speaking of the next one, there won't be a surprise per se, uh, but it is is probably one of my least favourite fixtures of the calendar year. It's uh, Liverpool at home to Brentford. Um, we'll stay with Rick as as a Gav, uh, if any of you are listening, aren't aware. Uh, Gav is a Liverpool fan as well as myself. So we'll stick with Rick. Um, Does that mean that I'm the voice of reason? No, it means you're the voice that has to come out first. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um. As much as we don't want to talk about Sunday, it happened. We recovered to grab a point. Um, means we're still unbeaten in our last five, which is great, um, despite it being cut somewhat close. Brentford recording a, a brilliant 3-2 win over West Ham, who are tricky to beat. So they'll be coming into it on the back of three three wins in a row, actually. The last team to beat them was Manchester United. Um how do you see this one going with Liverpool being at home, of course? Well, you know what, Liverpool Liverpool playing at home, you know what that means, don't you? Don't say it. I know you're going to say it. Go on. Don't say it for me. Uh, Mo Salah's going to get a penalty, isn't he? He's going to he score, will. isn't he? He will. So Liverpool are guaranteed one goal there. But I think Brentford... He doesn't always score him. He's missed a couple. It's usually against Bournemouth, though, isn't it? He likes missing them most yeah, against Bournemouth. Yeah, he does, yeah. He's got them out of the way. Yeah. But I know Salah will obviously score a penalty. So get, get him captain in your fantasy team. Liverpool at home, you've got. To, I, you've I got can't to... get him in. I've got three Liverpool players already. I, I haven't. I haven't got him He's in too either. Dear. I, I haven't got him in, but that's simply because I refuse to put Liverpool players in my fantasy. And that's team. why you won't win the fantasy Premier League, right? I know, <laughs> but I will have the moral high ground, and I, I can. <laughs> I will be a winner in my own tiny mind. Yeah. We're not playing um, for money anyway, are we? So uh, no, no it doesn't price, really matter. So, <laughs> no, I can stick to my principles. Yeah. I'm not having any of that shower in my team. Uh, but having said that, I think Brentford will have a plucky fight, but I can see this being a, a bueno on the break, as he tends to. Brentford do tend to play better against teams that come on to him, and obviously Liverpool being at home, it will be expected of them, and they usually do dominate games. At Anfield, uh, so yeah, I think it might be a one-all draw. This <laughs> has Rick ever predicted Liverpool win on these predictions? I'd be I interested have. To, to have a look at that actually. Yeah, I, I, might, I must have at some point, <laughs> but I do try not. To. Yeah, probably where you played City or or Arsenal or I, Newcastle I just... or the other teams you hate as much or yeah. slightly more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gav, what are your thoughts? Obviously, as a as a Liverpool well, fan. Well, Brentford, um, 
Brentford, like you say, have hit a bit of form. I was a bit worried for them at the start of the season because it looked like they may have been, you know, found out. Was it third, fourth season in the Premier League? So they they had a didn't have a very good start, but Thomas Franks has turned it around. And you can argue that they're um they almost seem to have like it's like Ivan Who, isn't it? They seem to be doing very well. They're not struggling to score goals without Ivan Tony in the ranks. So uh but having said all that, Liverpool are at home and they won't wanna um after dropping two points, you could say at Luton on Sunday, they wouldn't want to drop any more points, especially at home in front of their own fans. So uh wasn't that a point one rather than two points dropped? Yeah, I suppose. But I but before the game you'd think, you know, Luton just newly promoted, you'd think uh they'd expect to win. But I agree, yeah, when you when you equalise that late, you you take it, don't you? All day long. Well, so, if you uh, listened to the pod last week, Gab, you would have been forewarned the fact that Luton were going to win that game. <laughs> I do listen to the pod, Rick. I listen oh, to you every week. Oh, twice, I do, twice I only a week. Yeah. Uh, so I think um, I think Mo Salah will score, whether it's with a P in brackets after it or just Mo yeah. Salah. And um, I think it'd be, I think Brentford might score as well, but I think it'd be 3 1 Liverpool. I think the only reason I'm not predicting a two-all draw is because Liverpool are at home. Uh, me being my Stato head-on and the fact I've got it in front of me. Um, both times we've played Brentford at home in the Premier League, we've beaten them. Uh, the only time we've not beaten them is when we're away. So um, for that reason, I'm going for a 2-1. Uh, but it could be um, an interesting game. Brentford are very good. Uh, and Liverpool hope to prove a point with uh, the result from the weekend, which we when shall Gav, longer When Gav discuss. actually predicted that, that was a very, very assured nod you gave. You're fairly confident, you know, that it's, it's, it's going to go Liverpool's way. I want it to go Liverpool's way. Like if I optimism, <laughs> optimism. That's what we're here about. Optimism. The hope that kills you. Exactly. Um, and now we come to the final two o'clock kickoff. Uh, there'll be one more after this. Uh, it's the Jesse Lingard derby. It's West Ham United hosting Nottingham Forest. Um, Forest, of course, registering that win over Villa last week. First win in uh, a few games for them. West Ham looking to, well, they're slipping into a bad run of form. It's four, um, well, four losses out of their last five. The only one coming in the cup against Arsenal. Um, Gav, how do you see West Ham picking themselves up here? Obviously, they're at home and they do have... European football midweek. Um, they are at home tomorrow against uh, Olympiacos, who they lost to quite convincingly away um, the other week. Um, how do you see them picking themselves up here? Yeah, I think, you know, they do, they get really good support down at West Ham, 60,000 every home game. But, um, you know, they do sort of, they do get a bit hostile towards um, their manager and the players if it's not going very well. So, you know, if Forest, if Forest get a goal or they frustrate and keep it nil nil, they could always get a goal on the break. But I think the fact that West Ham's home in the um in Europe this week, so they've they've got no travelling to do, and I think uh, David Moyes is a decent manager. He's a good fit for West Ham. So I think uh, I think West Ham will win, but it won't be much in it. I think it'd be one nil to West Ham. Rick, would you uh, go along those lines? Uh, just going back to, you mentioned it's a Jesse Lingard derby. Jesse Lingard is the only player who's actually priced himself out of a move to Saudi. <laughs> That's impressive. It's seriously impressive. And deluded. Anyone who's ever seen Jesse Lingard play football. Uh, West Ham will win this 2-0. I think, I think at home at the London Stadium, they need uh, a result. They've been they've been letting them let themselves down. They're, they've not been getting the results that they get themselves into a funny team because they get themselves into a situation where they suddenly where you think that they're going to win games comfortably and then they lose a couple on the couple on the bounce. But I, th- I think David Moyes will have them uh, have them up for this one, and they need they need it they need it now. They've got to a situation where they can't really go go on a run losing anymore. So I reckon a big two one two one to the Cockney Hammers. I think I'd have to agree with a West Ham win. I'm going to go 1-0. Um, they're not 
exactly free scoring West Ham. I mean, they've scored 18 goals, but um, some of them did come against Chelsea, who we can't really say too much about. Um, Forest haven't been great away from home, so I'm I'm going to go one nil. It's not really one I'm I'm looking forward to watching back. Um, not that I tend to watch much from back anyway. It turns out is but... it going to be last on match of the day too? No. And Ooh. I think it's because sometimes they schedule it weirdly. I I don't think it'll be last for whatever reason. Um, what I'm hoping to be first, only because it's going to be a massive upset, fingers crossed. Um, it's not what I think will happen, by the way, is the final game of Sunday's action. Is the 4.30, is the Anthony Taylor derby. I suppose you can say that, considering his uh, week that he's had. Um, oh. It's... It's uh, bizarre what's what's gone on there with the fact that he's had that massive error, been demoted to the championship, had another massive error, and then the PGMOL have gone, I know what we're going to do. Let's give him the biggest game of the weekend. This is going to be absolutely fine. What could go wrong? It's well, Chelsea versus... said. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's Chelsea versus Manchester City. Um, Gav, as you mentioned with uh, Newcastle, not necessarily their biggest fan, um, or at least on, on how they run things. Um, this is uh, this could be a chance for Chelsea to really put themselves on the map as as a sort of a way back. Alternatively, it's just Ch- City's chance to assert themselves further. I, how do you see this one going? Well, ahead of the um, the Chelsea Spurs game on Monday, no, I would have said. You know, I would have said, oh, it's going to be City fairly comfortably, two or three goals. But I was impressed with Chelsea, as I said earlier. The uh, Even though um, I know Spurs ended up numerical disadvantage with the two sendings off. But when it was 11 v 11, I thought Chelsea were really taking the game to Spurs and very out of, uh, out of kilter with how the, the, their early season had done because they have been very hit and miss in the early part of the season. But... Um, it's a difficult one to predict, although I, I still think City will probably have too much for them. But, you know, it would be a real statement for um, Chelsea and, of course, the, all of uh, City's rivals if they did manage to uh, get something out of this game. But, uh, oh, damn, I'm really torn on this one. The last one of the predictions, and it's the one that I'm struggling with most. No, I think, sorry, Rick. I'm going to upset you, but I think City will have too much room, so I'm going to go 2-1 to Man City. Rick's got his hands in his head. He's distraught in my prediction there. Friendship has ended. (laughs) Rick, what are your thoughts um, on the the oil derby, I suppose you can describe it as, or at least ex-oil derby? The corruption derby, of some sort. (laughs) That's better, yeah. The rule benders. Um... (laughs) Is Mudrick fit? Because that could, if he's fit, that could slightly swing things Man City's way. <laughs> is he your captain? Out. Go triple captain, right? Yeah, triple captain. Can you imagine? <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, OG's counted. I'd want a welfare check, wouldn't it? <laughs> normally, Chelsea losing is, as I've stated on this pod previously, is the funniest result of the, of the week. But this wouldn't be the the funniest result. Um, I think that, um, what's his name, Jackson, after scoring quite possibly the worst hat-trick in Premier League history, because that was, my mum could have scored that, and she's nearly <laughs> 80. He sued on them as well. It's, he I scores know. three goals against nine-man Spurs with about 15 shots and then sues. It's awful. It's shambolic behaviour. The composure for his last one, where he didn't actually realise the ball was in front of him and the keeper sat himself down. Remarkable. Unbelievable. Remarkable. I know. Uh, but if you've got him and Mudrick in the team, then you are effectively playing with nine players yourself. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think Chelsea are going to get anything out of this, out of this at all. I, I think that they'll do well to, to keep the score down. I, is Rodri fit again? Has he recovered? From that mauling he got in the Manchester derby, I know he, he's been going around on crutches after, after he got brutally manhandled in the penalty area. I think I think he's fit, so that that'd be lovely, 
lovely for uh, Abu Dhabi. What did Anthony yeah. kick him in the shins again? No, Ho- Hoyland touched his shirt and Rodri did a triple <laughs> somersault, screamed, uh, and uh, the very first, um, again, it was VAR, go back to a hobby, something I meant to mention before about the United game, about particular hobby horse of, of Manchester United not getting any VAR. They've had the most goals ruled out by VAR in the Premier League this season. But have you seen a subjective decision on an offside prior to the United Fulham game last week? It's no. it's never been, and you won't see one again. It's no. just, it's baffling. But getting back to uh, our lovely oil friends, they will, um, yeah, I, th- I think it'll be at least a two goal, two goal win for, uh, for Abu Dhabi. And yeah, just still just patiently waiting for those 115 charges to, to kick in and, and for it all to come tumbling down. We can but hope. Um, oh, that's a figure I've missed, Rick. Not been on the pod for a few weeks. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> You're completely Good to hear those car. numbers again. Remi- yeah. yeah, remind us of those numbers, Rick. How many? You've got time to go through them all. Yeah, 115, basically. It's, it's, okay. it's the number you need to remember. But Everton I... are going to be dot points for just one charge, though, aren't they? Oh, yeah. It's, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Um, I'm going to go for a 2-0 City win. Uh, Chelsea are weird at home at the moment where they will take about a million shots and miss all of them and then somehow concede two goals. So I'm going to say 2-0 City. And that's City. just Raheem Sterling. Yeah, and that's just Raheem Sterling, exactly. Although he is playing well just recently. He's coming to some, he's coming to some form. He's sort of... He's yeah, not. He yeah, well, he's, he's getting there. Things are slowly. Against, against this, City. this is the thing: is it's slowly coming together for Chelsea. This I don't want to write them off because it's going to happen. Some something's going to happen this year. There's going to be one team where they just blow them away, and we go, "Oh my God, something's happening." Mm. And I, I mean, obviously, I'd love it to be this weekend, but um, we'll just have to wait and see on that. Um, we've got just a couple of minutes left. Uh, so we'll just touch on some of the uh, recent. Well, I'm just flicking through the FOTMOB headlines here. Uh, I see that Robert Lewandowski is suffering his worst goal drought in 12 years. Um, of course, didn't score last night in the uh game against Shakhtar Donetsk, uh, where they didn't lose, lose 1 0. Um, I'm just seeing here it was uh, his sixth consecutive club appearance without a goal. Imagine going six years, sorry, six. Got six, six games in a row. Six years, yeah. Imagine going That's six games in Martial's goal stats, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, Do you think it's... that Harry Kane will go six go- six games without a hat trick at any point this season? I suppose it on the flip the side, that's true. He's doing incredible, isn't he? He's, He's doing, doing amazingly. Well. He's really doing fitted in well. well. Um, I mean, there's that. There's uh, there was actually rumours I saw the other day as well, which. I believe uh, absolute rubbish, Rick. I don't know if you want to talk to us about this one very quickly before we wrap things up. Of um, I saw Gabriel Barbosa of Flamengo was linked in a swap deal with Anthony for Manchester United. Um, don't know how you feel about that one. If if you'd be happy to see the back of Anthony, and if you'd even want Gabriel Barbosa in the club, make it happen. I just I said it last week on the pack. Just got to the point with Anthony that patience is just just warm thin i would play palestri as a as a united supporter now on the right hand side and give him a run and see what he's going to do anthony's had too many chances too many opportunities he's so predictable and it's just another bit of uh, bad business from uh, from united's point of view if they wanted to take anthony martial as well take both the anthony's out of the united squad uh, that 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 would make me very happy indeed and we'll just end on some good news um, before we wrap things up, uh, there is a headline here of Louis Diaz's father uh, is to be handed to UN officials by kidnappers. So yes. it's great to see that there is a happy ending in that story. Uh, it's to her, yeah. in the new in the near future, it says. But uh, with that wonderful news, we shall wrap things up. Of course, again, you can join us on Saturday, myself and Dave Pryor, hopefully not too hungover, um, and we will be bringing you coverage of Yeovil versus Dover. Uh, so, Gav, thank you very much for coming on tonight. Thank you. Nice to be back. Lovely Enjoyed to have it. you back as well. Uh, Rick Hyatt, thank you as ever for uh, your wonderful appearance. Uh, just like to say, happy birthday to Harry. And uh, I'm just going to 
get myself off this fence. <laughs> I'll speak to you soon. And uh, who wants to, in fact, we'll throw it out there. Who wants to take the uh, the goodbye? Gav hasn't done it yet. Gav hasn't done it yet. There we go. Yeah, we'll, we'll give it to Gav. So thank you very much for listening from myself, uh, Tom Bailey. And uh, Gav, sign us out. Well, thank you, everyone, uh, for listening. Uh, we'll see you all next week on Football Bloody Hell.